Well, as, as Pastor Frank, you know, did ask me to fill in for him this morning, I thought, okay, now what? You know, but as preachers, what? We're supposed to always be ready, amen? As followers of Christ, we're always to be ready. Not just the preachers, you as well, to be ready to give a defense of your testimony, maybe, of, of who Christ is in your life. Um, we're going to look at a, at a passage of Scripture in the book of Revelation. And so if you want to go ahead and grab your Bibles, grab those Bibles. If you're, if you're not a Bible carrier and you're a, um, an app person, it's on the same page. The book of Revelation is on the same page in the app and in your Bible. And if you didn't bring a Bible and you didn't bring your device with you, underneath your chairs are blue, hard-covered, hard-backed, uh, NIV Bibles that are there for you to use, and if you do not own a Bible, that Bible is our gift to you. You take it home, Pastor Frank will order us some more. So we don't want anyone to have a reason not to have God's Word in their hand. And um, you know, when you think about who Christ was, when when you think about uh, Jesus, he he lived a holy life. Amen. I mean, he, he, he lived a life without sin. He lived a life that was glorifying to God the Father in heaven through all his words, actions, and deeds. True? Right. Okay, so we're all on the same page there. But, you know, that holy life, and when we look at it and we read Scripture and we look at the Gospels particularly, uh, it brought a lot of conflict in his life, didn't it? I mean, there was a lot of conflict in the life of Christ, and uh, you know what happens? It, 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 it comes to us as Christians as well. It comes to us, conflict will come. Um, we, we look in 2 Timothy uh, 2, uh, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3.12 says, all who want to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. So you know it's coming. I mean, it's an inevitable, it's going to happen if you're going to live a life for Christ. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be, uh, you're going to have trials and tribulations that pop up. You're going to have questions uh, that you cannot answer. Um, but for Jesus, living a holy life brought what? Victory. It brought victory, and, and so it will for us too. First John uh, 2, 3 tells us that, and... Um, I wanted to read, oh, that's the wrong way, Preston. First uh, John, let's see if they can, uh, anybody going to beat me on the screen up there. First John, chapter 2, verses 13 says this. It says, I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning, and I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you, children, because you know the Father. And, you know, um, through Christ we have this victory. And, and I want us to look at something. Jesus draws a parallel here between himself and us in the respect of promising, uh, to, to, promising to him to, that he who overcomes will share on his throne. Uh, Revelations three twenty one. it says this, He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So here's a question. Can believers, can you and I overcome Satan? 
I mean, sure, we already have, amen. We, through Christ, we already have. Um, but, you know, in the view of understanding who Satan is, how he's so cunning and he's powerful, even, he's even limited. Scripture tells us he's limited, and, and we are not able to overcome him on our own. You know, he's limited. He can't be in every place at one time. He, he, he knows his future. He's not so sure about mine and yours. He wants to disrupt it. He wants to cause us to uh, question who we are. He wants us to, to, to be a stumbling block for those around us. He wants us to uh, do things that cause other people to look at us and go, oh, you're nothing but a hypocrite. And, you know, I believe we're all nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. But praise God, he loves us anyway. Amen? You know, amen, he loves us anyway. And, and besides this, besides he... he, he uh, he, he doesn't know everything, and, and, and we are not able to overcome without Christ. Um, as, as my brother Paul says, Jesus has already won the victory. We've already uh, are complete. Um, since Jesus has, through the death of the cross, defeated Satan, defeated the devil, uh, the Christian's victory consists of entering into the victory um, of Christ and enjoying the benefits. And, and that's what I kind of want us to think about. As we think about being an overcomer, as, as we know that, as we know that Christ has overcome, so too we have overcome, are we not enjoying the benefits? I believe some of us are not, and I'm guilty as well. It's easy to get bogged down in what's plaguing us, uh, fear of whatever it may be, um, causing us to not enjoy the benefits of knowing Christ. Well, what, what is that joy? Well, whenever uh, they call you up from uh, the nursing home and they say, hey, your mom's not really doing too good, and it looks like, uh, you know, you better start making some plans. You know, that's something that's going to make you go, Oof. But because of who I know in Christ, my mom dances before him perfect, righteous, and holy today. Amen. Victory. Overcomer. And, and, you know, it doesn't negate the fact that it hurt my heart, does it? As you have probably lost someone, and we, we doubt God. We wonder, well, where is he? Why is this? And, you know, why is that? Um, Jesus has won the victory. And, and through the cross, he's defeated Satan. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us victory, victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what I want us to focus on real quick in this lesson, I forgot to read the passage. Did I read the passage, verse 21? Yeah, I did. Okay. Did I? No? Okay, let's read it. Uh, chapter 3 of the book of Revelation, verse 21. But before we read it, let's pray. Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Help us to see that you have overcome even our greatest fears, even those things that plague us today, Lord. You have overcome all things. Thank you for that victory that we have in you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, it says, He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So the focus of this lesson, what I want us to look at are the aids, the, 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 the things that God has supplied which enable us to overcome Satan, enable us to overcome the devil. And, and the, one of the things is, we have to remember 
we have to remind ourselves of, of, of one very, very important thing is that we cannot win. We cannot do this on our own. I mean, we as a church, we're strong. I mean, we as a church can accomplish many things. We pull off judgment house that calls for 125 people to come together and step up and then allow three or 400 people to come through and watch it. We can step up when Upward says, hey, we have 14 teams and 160 children that are willing to play flag football and cheerleading, and we'll step up and make that happen for the Lord. Amen? We're strong. We can do it. But we can't do these things alone. We can't do them on our own. We can't do them without uh, remembering that we have uh, someone who has sat down at the right hand of God and he's overcome all of our, our problems. So we, we need to remind ourselves that Jesus has indeed defeated Satan. He has indeed defeated the devil. But we must remember that the works of the devil have been made ineffective, but they're not actually annihilated. They're still there. So what does that mean, Preston? Well, you know, Satan's still going to come after you. We read it's going to, uh, he's going to come after you. He's going he's to try to uh, persuade you to doubt God. You're really not an overcomer. You know, look what he's letting happen. Look what's going on over uh, across the street. Uh, look what bad things are happening in the world look at the diseases that plague our nation look at all these things satan brings doubt the works of the devil are ineffective but they're still there because we've overcome you know satan has been bound and his power is limited but he's still deceitful he's still cunning he's still a powerful enemy that's just not going to leave you alone but will he? Seek, it says in 1 Peter 5, 8, that Satan is powerful and he's seeking whom he may devour. <laughs> Man, when I think of that, devour, he, I mean, that's like just gobbling you up. You're just done. You're just gone. There's nothing left. When you, you know, devour that 16-ounce steak, and you really should only eat four ounces per serving, and so you just ate four, three ounces too, or three servings too much. Uh, you devi- it was good, right? I mean, I've done it. A sixteen-ounce steak, boy, that's good. And, and when you think of devouring that steak, you imagine Satan trying to devour you, and your testimony is what he's really after. He's really after your testimony. He wants people to look at you and go, "Oh, I thought you were a Christian." Hmm. He wants to, to distinguish the light that Christ has placed in our lives uh, for those that are around us. Um, though Jesus has defeated him, uh, he, uh, Christians are warned to, to not do a few things. And let's look at this. Christians are warned not to seek justification through works of the law. We're not, we can't do enough right things. We should do the right things. Ever since the beginning, ever since God created before sin came into the world, we have been having to choose right from wrong. Why? Because of Adam and Eve. God said you can eat from any tree in the garden, but don't eat from that one in the middle of the knowledge of good and evil. So ever since then, you and I and every person ever has had to choose good or evil. We've got to choose. 
And, and um, we can't choose to do enough right things to negate all the wrong things. We can't, we can't justify ourselves through uh, working uh, of the law, which we, I mean, law is given to us for a reason, right? Felt like somebody was just touching me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we can't do this on our own. We can't do this by uh, the works of the law. It says that in Galatians 5, 1 through 4, if you want to write that down. Also, uh, Christians are warned not to continue in sin that grace may abound. Well, what do you mean, Mr. Preston? Well, you know, hey, we have this sin that we kind of just feel like it's just who we are and it's just a part of life and, you know, the Lord has saved me from it, so it really doesn't matter if I keep doing it. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, you know, sin doesn't just, I mean, grace doesn't just grow as we continue to sin. It just doesn't get bigger and bigger as my sin gets more and more. Grace doesn't grow. It's just big enough. Grace is just big enough. And that's what links us together, by the way, grace and because I can look at you and you can look at me and we can go, he's under grace. Grace is what gives us uh, our bond together because we are connected through that. Grace is what provides us um, brotherhood and sisterhood. Um, and, and, and so uh, we, we, Romans 6, 1 through uh, 14 tells us that we, we do not need to continue to sin so that grace can uh, grow. Uh, that's just the wrong way to look at it. Um, also, we need not to continue to sin because we are no longer under the law. We, we can't think that way. We can't say to ourselves, uh, the law is now unimportant because Christ has conquered uh, that even. Well, you know, Christ came to fulfill the law, to show us that you can't do it. You can't follow the enough rules and make it work. But you can follow me, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna provide that way for you. And you are uh, all, all sin has been wiped away. But we, we are to need to be careful with this that that we don't continue and just go. Well, I, I have my my old Christian card, and I know that when I take that dirt nap, I'm going, I'm going to heaven. So it doesn't matter the way I live anymore. No, yes, it does. It does matter. We're 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 to live. Uh, uh, what I think it, I don't know where it says it, but somewhere in Scripture it tells us that uh, uh, I am holy, you live, be holy. We're, we're, we're called to be holy and, and, and sin no more. And also it tells us that we need to not uh, walk according to the flesh. In the book of Romans 8, 1 through 17 tells us not to walk according to the flesh. Uh, the second thing that we need to... Uh, um, the um, one of the aids that helps us uh, to overcome Satan is God's provision and, and battle armor. You know, Jesus' death on the cross um, has severely weakened the enemy by making all his works uh, no good, doesn't it? I mean, Hebrews 2 tells us that, but we know that God has, has placed a limit on Satan's power he, and, and what he is able to do. When we look at the, the book of Job, uh, God is in control of such things 
And we saw, we have, everyone's read the book of Job, amen? Okay, just hold your hand up if you haven't and go home and do it today and so you won't be a liar. Um, but that, that's a good book because it tells us a lot of things that uh, we can live by, uh, that, that God is in control. And you think about Paul, you th- what, what Paul says uh, in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. What do we know about the, the book of Ephesians chapter 6? Talks about what in there? The armor of God. That's right, the armor of God. And Paul uh, tells the believers to be strong in the Lord and the power and in the power of his might. To be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So it's the de- it's, it is the Lord that the believer finds strength in to overcome the devil. Because as we said, we can't do it on our own. So, but also, uh, Paul tells us that we, uh, we must not be ignorant of his devices. Whose devices? Satan. We can't be ignorant of that. Because um, Paul exhorts uh, the believers to, to put on the, the full armor of God. That we are able to stand against the wills of the devil. What he wants out of you. What he uh, thrives to uh, help you uh, uh, stumble in, in, in the way that the Lord would not want you to. Paul identifies this spiritual enemy with whom we do battle. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it talks about principalities. It talks about uh, the powers and the rulers of the spiritual host. Now, <laughs> for me, I, I, got, I, I think about things probably a little different than most of y'all. But I know that we're probably clear on this one, all thinking the same. You think of spiritual powers that we cannot see. What does that make you think? What do you feel like? Like a little cartoon figure that's wandering around, going, hey, I'm after you, the little devil's fork. No, dude, these are serious issues. I mean, when you turn on the TV, what do you see? Angels and demons and supernatural this and supernatural that. That's all we watch. We're so infused by the supernatural of Satan. And we believe in that. We see it. We know it. But then we can't get dapped into the supernatural power of the living God. Because he, he, he tells us that he gives us this armor to fight the devil. I mean... It is the Lord that the believer finds strength to overcome the devil. It is the Lord. Say this to yourself. It is the Lord that I find strength to overcome the devil. I can't do it on my own. Principalities, powers, rulers, and spiritual hosts, they're battling right now over your salvation, over your uh, if, if you know Christ as Lord and Savior, there's nothing that can be changed there. But uh, he, he, they're, they're trying to make you uh, look like a hypocrite to those around you. Spiritual warfare we live in. And so the believer's spiritual armor is this. We see in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, we all know it. We've all looked at it. We've all read it. Um, uh, but the one thing, the first thing that it talks about is truth. That's the belt, right? The belt that we've talked about. And Satan fights with lies that sound like truth. He's going to make it sound good. And the only way you're going to find out if it's true or not is if you know God's word. 
He's going he's gonna to make it sound good. He's going to make it sound like truth. The other thing is, the second thing that we have, the spiritual armor, is our righteousness. Uh, the breastplate, it's referred to in the book of Ephesians. Um, integrity, just, holy, blameless. You know, I think so many people struggle today with feeling worthy. Self-worth is a big struggle in our nation today. So many people are deciding to take their own lives because they feel like they're worth nothing. It's a struggle, and that's straight from Satan, and he is telling you that you're no good. He is telling you that you can't trust those around you. Um, and, And we need to remember that we are righteous because of Christ. The third thing is the footgear, um, the gospel of peace, the good news that God and man have been reconciled through Jesus Christ. So here's the paradox. Here, the Christian is dressed for war with his armor, with his sword, with all these things that, the God, that God has provided. We're dressed for war, but we're preaching peace. We're dressed for war, but we're preaching peace. The... the the, the fourth thing is faith, the shield, uh, conviction, and trust. The fifth thing is the helmet, salvation, the hope of salvation. You know, Satan wants you to doubt God. Is my, is my salvation real? You know, I keep struggling with this uh, particular sin in my life, and it's just, I, I, I ask God. You know, when I had a drug problem, I asked God every single night, to take this out of me. Lord, I promise I won't do it tomorrow. Well, what happened? Tomorrow I did it again. They used to always say quitting was easy because I did it a lot. <laughs> he wants me to doubt God. He wants you to doubt God. And so we have to know that Christ has saved me from that. And that's it. Leave it. It's done. No questions. That's the helmet that God wants us to put on as our salvation. Satan wants you to doubt God. And the sword, the sword is my favorite part. The sword, the word of God, that which God has spoken and revealed in the scripture. And so that's why we're supposed to put this on our heart. That we're, this is why you're in, it's why it's so important to um, memorize scripture. Because you don't always, I mean, Good night, I have to wear these things, look, make my eyes look big. I have to wear these just to see this small print. But the more I look at it, the more I think about it, the more I study each and every scripture, it, all of a sudden it's just, you know, it kind of pops up, except for that one that I was thinking about earlier that I can't, I don't know where it's at. First uh, Peter 1.16, thank you, Lonnie, They're my man right there. You know, but we're, we're, we're to place it on our heart so that we can be ready. That's God's word. Tells us everything we need to know, Amen. Everything we need to know, um, the Word of God, and, and prayer, all types of prayer. Uh, the time we spend in prayer is often an accurate gauge of your relationship with God. How often are you spending time with God? I mean, it's a relationship. Uh, you know, I know, especially for our young people, we understand what, it, what requires a relationship to work. You've got to communicate. You've got to have trust. You gotta believe. Uh, you gotta love. There's all kind of things that go into a relationship, and, and in order to 
have a relationship with God, you have to meet him every once in a while. <laughs> you have to go to him and say, hey, Lord, um, I'm struggling. And you don't need fancy prayer. You don't need any special words. Just be you. He created you to be you. He can under, he can, I mean, you can be mad at him. He can handle it. <laughs> God can handle anything you throw at him. But we have to go to him in prayer. We have to, we have to build that relationship because, I mean, think about it. God, does God, maybe he did, we see in Scripture, uses Satan for believers on good. You know, it may sound strange, but God, can, but God can and he does use Satan for the spiritual warfare of his people. He lets it happen sometimes. Well, why would God do that? Sin came into the world. That's why this happens. And it came in through you and I. We were there with Adam and Eve because I've had people say, well, it wasn't there. It was Adam and Eve's fault. No, we were there. We were there. And it's a spiritual warfare of his people. And so, um, you know, through all that Job did, through all that Job uh, did not, all the things that he suffered that he went through, he did not sin and he did not blame God. And all that struggle that we read about in Job. There was no blame game. There was no like, well, obviously God don't love me anymore, so what's the point? Um, God asked Satan if he had considered his servant Job, who is described as a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. God said, yeah, go attack him. Is God allowing Satan to attack you so that he shoves you toward a stronger and greater relationship with him? Satan brings these accusations against Job and God permits him, but first to destroy all that he has and secondly to inflict Job with this great suffering. We we read that there. So how did God use Satan? Here's Job's own words. Words He said, I, in verse, chapter 42, the book of Job, verse 5, he says, I had heard all, I had heard of you by hearing of the ear, but now my eyes have seen you. This guy named Homer Haley Here's his thoughts on on this verse. He said, God achieved his desire in Job, and Job received what his heart yearned for, a true view of God and complete fellowship with him. He now had something that could not have been acquired apart from his experience through which he had passed. We may read about or be told a great truth, but until we have experienced its teachings or... uh, uh, or in life we have, we have never comprehended its fullness unless we've experienced its teachings. When we have passed through the, the curable of experience, we can say with Job, I had heard of you by hearing with my ear, but, but now my eye, the eye of my heart, this is this guy's words, of faith, have seen you. He says that this insight remains 
one of the greatest blessings and rewards of human suffering. So we suffer for a reason. Maybe it's to push us closer to God. And the third thing is war, death, and glory. All believers engage in a spiritual war against, we we read verse 12 of the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Principalities, uh, powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You know where the heavenly places are? They're all around us. And that's where these spiritual powers are. So just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. And, and you know, in all war, there's always a casualty, casualty isn't it? There's always a, a, somebody that's got to die in war, right? I mean, that's, that's what we know. Um, there's always casualty. And, and, and in the war against the forces of evil, we need to be prepared to suffer. We maybe even need to be prepared that death may come. Um, Satan may cast you into prison. Um, Some he may kill. But the believer who remains faithful even unto death is promised a crown of life. A crown of life in uh, Revelations chapter 2 verses... 10 verse 10 I want to read that to you uh all all God's words are important but um chapter 2 verse 10 it says do not fear what you are about to suffer behold the devil is about to cast some of you into prison now he's talking to the church of Laodicea but we can parallel it so that you will be tested And you will have tribulation for ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The crown of life is what waits us all. Um, The believer who remains faithful even unto death is promised the crown of life. One more verse I want us to look at in the book of Romans, chapter 8. Starting in verse 18, it says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the Son of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth to gather until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoptions as sons to the redemption of the body. For in hope, We have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. But for for who hopes for for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. (laughs) Um, So Jesus indeed has... um, 
victory over Satan. Amen? Through the cross, uh, the victory has been, is done. And, and the only time, and the only when does God decide that he's done with it, that he, you know, he's kind of like, I wash my hands of all evil, will he come and set everyone free from it? And it'll be just like he planned in the garden. And there's going to be food, there's going to be work, and there's going to be uh, just, it's going to be great. And uh, I'm excited about it. Um, but victory is, is God's, and, and, and all this is not going to come to the end until, until he decides. But in the meantime, Satan, through his works, he's been trying, he's trying to destroy you and I and make us ineffective. Um, scripture says he's like a roaring lion, like a great dragon. Uh, that should alert us. That should alert us to the fact that the, the lack of strength and ability to defeat such a fierce and powerful foe, that we need to be grounded in this word. Amen? I mean, that, 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 should, that should bring fear. Um, but thankfully, God has bound Satan, and he's placed limits on his abilities and uh, to tempt and deceive. Yet uh, those who believe and know the truth the, um, and, and only those who enter into Christ may share in this victory. And, and that's encouraging. Um, Christians are called upon to put on the, the gospel armor. Dressed for war, but preaching peace. Remember we talked about it. Be alert, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil, and he will free Flee from you. So, the, uh, however, this does not mean that Satan will not uh, at times be permitted to overcome the saints. He, um, all who live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution, Scripture tells us. And, 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 and some may even be called to die for his sake. Um, yet, even death, even death there is victory because Jesus has promised a crown to all those who endure to the end. It says to be faithful until the death, and I will give you the crown of life. So maybe you are here today and um, you feel overcome by fear, or you, you feel overcome by debt, or you feel overcome by no one uh, wants to hang around with you or... or uh, you're not liked, or whatever the case may be. We're 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 to we're to give it to the Lord. We're 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 to drop it at the cross. And so often, I think that you know we we say, um, yes, I live for Christ. I'm 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 born again. I I've got victory, and I have this problem, and um, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Well, there's the problem. You can't. The Lord can. And we have to surrender to him. We have to give it to him. And we have to leave it there with him. So often we, we want to go pick it up and go, well, you know, okay, God, but you just don't understand what I'm dealing with. And we take that back up and, we, and we, we're carrying it as a burden. We have to give it to him. So if that's you, maybe you need to come up here and say, Lord, please take this out of my life. Please help me be an overcomer. And so, and, and so you come to this, the, the, we, we call the altar. And you just leave it here. 
Maybe, maybe uh, you want to join the church. Maybe you have been uh, wondering what, what it's about, what our church believes, and you want to come and be a part of uh, who we stand for, and I invite you to do that today. It, it's an important uh, thing to be a member. Um, I used to struggle with that personally, but I know now that being a member of a, a body of believers gives us the right to complain. I knew that would get you. Uh, it gives us strength and unity, amen? I'm supposed to carry your burdens and you're supposed to carry my burdens and we're, we're in this together because we're overcomers, amen? We're overcome, we've overcome even death. That's what's so cool, even death. And we all know that awaits us. We all know that that dirt nap is coming. But because he lives, I too shall live. And man, that's, that, I mean, that. And so, um, uh, you just come today and give it to the Lord and leave it here and allow him to take it and if you want to be a member you want to uh, fill out this little card and we'll write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life I mean in the church membership role I'm just kidding about the Lamb's Book of Life I made that up with Pastor Frank Uh, but uh, if you know Christ your name is in that that book of life for eternity amen and so if there's anything uh, you want to pray about, please come. And uh, if you don't want to talk with me, you can talk to Brother Paul Martin, uh, Lonnie, any of our deacons, uh, any of the ladies uh, that uh, you feel comfortable talking with. Let's share our burdens together. Let's overcome the problems that we face in life together because we're not alone. Amen? Amen. So let's stand, and as Tara sings with us, whatever uh, you feel led to, to come up here and pray for, you just do that today.